Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Today's episode is about the science behind spherical abundance and rapid change with exponential intelligence with my guest, Masajadi. Mas is a world-renowned consciousness programmer who, through his unique techniques and meditations, shifts people's lives to an evolved and advanced frequency level that enables them to achieve success, fulfillment, and happiness from a natural and balanced state. He's the founder of Exponential Intelligence, also known as XI, and he facilitates rapid changes through quantum reprogramming, which we'll talk about in the show. These sessions eliminate old dynamic energy patterns, and during sessions with Moss, regardless of whether you share your problems with him or not, he can actually discover and eliminate what has obstructed your life in the past. I'm so excited to welcome Moss to the show. I've actually been following him for quite a long time, a year or more, and I think his work and his meta-healings, which we'll go into, are remarkable and transformational, and I really hope that you guys check out his work after this conversation. So Moss, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, Yasmin, thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's going to be a good show. Yes. I can feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me too. It's well, it's funny because I, I was just mentioning before we got started that the, all the, the voice checks were a perfect right from the start. And that's always a good sign. <laughs> like there's nothing mm-hmm. technical, uh, no issues. Um, so thank you so much. And can we start off and kicking off the conversation by talking about what it means to be a high consciousness being? Sure. Uh, so again, I think we have to really define what consciousness is. Uh, to understand that, Yasmin. So, uh, if I can, let me let, let's define consciousness first, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So, consciousness uh, is you know it's defined so many different ways. Uh, you know, like if somebody's unconscious or conscious, uh, you know, awake or not awake. Uh, and then most scientists think that consciousness actually comes from you know the mind. So when you say die. Uh, th- that consciousness disappears. Uh, it's not the case. Uh, w- so in XI, exponential intelligence, uh, which is the body of knowledge that I tap into, it's a timeless body of knowledge, and I can get into the details on how I found that knowledge that everybody has access to uh, in just a bit. But consciousness in the XI definition is that it's basically a global setting, just like the way you have, you know, an iPhone or, you know, an Android phone. Uh, it has a certain operating system. So so that operating system, it dictates basically how you see your reality or what you can do in this reality. Does that make sense to you, Yasmin? Yes. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, uh, so that's what consciousness is is about. Again, it's a global setting that dictates how your environment or how you react to your environment and how you see your environment. So, so with that understanding, uh, it, it kind of moves away all the, you know, the fluffy stuff about consciousness or something out there and so on like that. It's not, it's just in and around us. It dictates how we render ourselves even here in space time. Uh, and again, we can talk about that as well. Uh, by the way, uh, spherical abundance has got nothing to do with, you know, your motivation, your passion, uh, you know, all the self-improvement techniques and all that. Because, and and I'm not knocking those uh, modalities down. I'm just saying that 
a lot of people have made a lot of money and a lot of people have, you know, they've made a lot of money and then it doesn't satisfy them or it doesn't complete them or, you know, they lose their identity. Um, so, so again, so, so it's not about the abundance. And when most people have abundance, it's usually one aspect of abundance, again, money, but then they lose or they sacrifice everything else uh, to have the money abundance. Uh, or a relationship, or if they have kids, they sacrifice, for example, uh, their life for their kids, or their life for their spouse, or you know their their life for their country, or their purpose, or whatever. So those, that's not uh, abundance, by the way. Uh, at least it's not spherical abundance. Can you have it all? Uh, yes, and more and more people are awakening to the fact that they can have it all. And you know, I, throughout this talk, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, hopefully on how we can have it all by changing, say, consciousness, because that's what dictates whether you can have it all or not, by the way. Great. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I love your phrase, how you render yourself in your environment. It's sort of like, um, from what I understand, is it like filter, like the way we look at life through certain filters? Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think, so the starting point is what what our consciousness is doing in this moment. Like how do we, how do we reprogram that? How do we change that? And I think, so an example that I keep thinking about is um, people that intellectually understand their um, issues, right? Like intellectually, they understand it. Um, talk therapy only gets you so far. Why are people in talk therapy for decades at a time? It seems like there's no really long-term resolution to some things um, that people know intellectually. So I think it's really fascinating that um, this consciousness or whatever you want to really call it is sort of mm -hmm. dictating, the subconscious mind is really dictating what's happening in your life. And so I love the work right. that you do because you really, yeah, you go straight into that. It's not about, um, mm -hmm. you know, what you're saying necessarily, but it's really about you say the frequencies that you generate. Um, and I think, you know, for people that are not paying attention to this, it's, you know, when people are talking, mm -hmm. we can become entrained with the energy that they are creating when they're talking. So for example, if I'm listening to some, you know, really horrible news or someone's in a really bad space, um, that mm -hmm. can actually make me feel down. Right. And then on the flip side, if I'm listening to someone inspirational, um, who's bringing in not just the words of inspiration, but mm -hmm. a kind of happy perspective, then all of a sudden I'm uplifted. And so I feel like when I'm listening to you, I always feel uplifted and it's coming from mm -hmm. such a place of integrity. So, yeah. So can we talk about exponential intelligence? This is kind of the, the uh, program or philosophy or whatever you want to call it, um, that you have created. Sure. And I'd love for you to just mm -hmm. talk about that. Yeah. Sure. So exponential intelligence, again, it's, it's, it's a body of knowledge that I tap into. And it's not just knowledge. Uh, think of it as physics principles, you know, like you have Newtonian physics, which, you know, uh, you know, it's like the apple falling, right? Uh, it's based on gravity and so on like that. So the bigger laws of physics, and then you have, say, quantum physics. Uh, that work on, say, the quantum particles or, you know, the minute particles that dictate the bigger so the bigger objects uh, in this reality. Uh, and then what I would call, say, pure physics, or and this is where XI starts. So pure physics is that transition between, say, a time-bound reality and then a timeless reality. 
Uh, and so that transition, as you come into your timeless reality or the timeless, say, physics principles, once you understand that, just like the laws of physics, you become naturally abundant. And I know that so sounds like so far-fetched, you know, like at a surface level, because that's what more most people, uh, and as I analyze your uh, audience, you know, they're thinking of a surface level. It's like, well, I just want to become wealthy. Why is this guy talking about, you know, space time and physics and so on like that? Because like wealth and, and spherical wealth, you have to abide by the rules. Like if you want to become, say, physically wealthy in this reality or in this consciousness, you have to abide by certain rules to become wealthy. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, you have to be a pure person or a bad person or anything like that. But there's certain, say, rules that, you know, we need to abide by to hold on to wealth, for example. So, so if we understand the deeper layers of, say, consciousness or where wealth, say, actually, say, flourishes from, uh, we can be spherically wealthy. Does that make sense? Yes. So, uh, on, on that. So, so, so that's, that's the wealth aspect. But, but so XI is literally the physics on how this reality works. And it goes beyond, you know, social structure. It goes beyond, you know, religious or spiritual beliefs. It goes beyond, you know, the, the concepts of, you know, creating success or self-improvement or anything like that. It literally is how you render yourself in this reality right down to, say, your physical body. So, so that means that once you understand, say, the physics principles on how you render yourself, time or aging becomes a null point for you. You do not have to age the way the society does because that's the consciousness that we exist in. It, in this consciousness, like I said before, the global setting, it dictates that we get old and we get feeble and you know we get uh, you know uh, diseased as we age. Just because the masses does it, it doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that it's true the way most people do it. It's, it's not normal for you to age like that. For example, it's the norm, but it's not normal. Uh, having to sacrifice, say, something for to create wealth, it's 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 the norm, but it's not normal for you. It's not normal for a being, a human being, uh, with say l limitless potential, to 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 say suffer. Although many people think that you have to suffer in this realm. A lot of religions think that you have to suffer to be good or to realize the goodness. That's not the case at all. Mm. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I think some of the major themes that you talk about, you talk about so many different themes. And for those of you who are new to Moss, he does these, um, you know, kind of different themes every Sunday. And I think some of them that you focus on more recently were things like, uh, in the last like several months, like jealousy and obviously spherical abundance, um, the human reset was uh, an entire program altogether. Things like forgiveness, things like joy, um, relationships. So I'm really um, curious if we could maybe double click a little bit more on spherical abundance and maybe one other theme that you think is really prevalent and important today. And I think um, with spherical abundance, one thing that you came up 
with was this idea or concept of how people are, are focused only on fiat abundance, um, which is like financial abundance and not abundance, um, in other aspects and parts of their life. And I think, you know, I, I live in Silicon Valley. Um, I have seen a lot of people sacrifice their health, um, sacrifice their well-being um, with their community, their partners, um, and really, yep. yeah, really, you know, um, create like sort of an opportunity cost when it comes to financial wealth. Like there, there's a lot of um, sacrifice of a lot of other aspects of life to get wealthy. And it's super sad because I think that also um, leads to you know, elements of the mental health crises. Like we don't, we don't want to just be wealthy, Absolutely. right? I think this is like the big lie that we were all sold, sold to. So I'd love for you to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is a, I don't know. There's so many facets that I could cover, um, but it is a big lie. Uh, you, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. Yasmin, it, it's a super big lie that, uh, and it's not like somebody's there to perpetuate that lie. Uh, it's just that the consciousness we live in. So just to back up a little, you know, I, I do. I did a fantastic wealth seminar. Uh, it's an it's part of the XI lecture series. It's called Consciousness and Spiritual Awakening of Wealth. So what did that mean? So it's a whole redefinition of say wealth. Money is. Um, in the past, you know, when there was like stock market crashes or housing bubble crashes or, you know, the, the tech, you know, the dot com crashes and all that, you know, the, the rules of the game changed. Uh, in this scenario, what we're heading into is the game is completely changing. And I'll, and I'll talk about what the game is changing into. Uh, and the game, well, I'll talk about it now. The game is actually changing into, say, a realm where we don't have to say sacrifice to become wealthy. We don't have to sacrifice to say love. We don't have to sacrifice, say, um, being here, uh, you know, for old age and, you know, getting ill and losing our faculties as we age. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to sacrifice to understand, say, a spiritual identity or, you know, Godhead, whatever religion that is. Um, the reason why we sacrifice in the consciousness that I talked about earlier, defining consciousness, in this consciousness, in this reality that, that most of us exist, is that this reality runs on sacrifice, control, uh, and lack. So no matter what you create in this reality, it always has three of those components, no matter what it is. Look at look at your love life. Uh, look at the, how people see relationships. Look at how people see love. Look at how people see wealth. And people go, well, so the people might go, well, Moss, what are you talking about? You know, I, that doesn't mean I work hard for my money. Of course, but uh, there's people who don't work hard and they still sacrifice. They're sacrificing something else. So it's not what you're doing. I'm not saying we're doing every anything wrong in this in this in this consciousness, but the consciousness again dictates that it has to include those three ingredients. So what I'm saying or what I'm proposing is like, wait, let's change the global setting. Well, let's change, say, the rules, or let's just change the whole game on how, say, wealth is, is or abundance is brought in to us. There's a, is there a possibility that, it, or is there another realm, or again, another consciousness that we can exist in, is where that the more you make, the more you identify with who you are. Because that's the, that's the reason, that's the problem with wealth 
at this level of consciousness is that the more you make the real you more you realize that that's not the real wealth that you're looking for and that's why a lot of people who are you know super wealthy they still have the same issues you know drug addictions uh health problems um you know relationship issues as anybody else and then those people who aren't they'll they'll look at that and you know the wealthy are greedy and all that because they don't know how to make the wealth so you know they'll 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 attach some reason to it to make themselves feel good. But then again, they're still addicted. Uh, you know, they have crappy relationships and everything else. So it's not the money, but it's how you bring about um, what you're really about. So it's about defining who you are. Okay. Uh, and I know I'm throwing a lot of, you know, objects out there. And, and Yasmin, maybe you can help clarify it for the audience. Because when I when I teach, I don't teach in a linear process, so it might be a little confusing for your audience. I, I teach in a more spatial referencing, which actually is benefiting you. And even if this is a recording, by the way, uh, I think many of your audience members and even you, Yasmin, are, might be feeling a little different So, mm, yeah. as I speak. So um, anyway, back to, back to that consciousness. Is there a consciousness that, say, that dictates that, that, that you know, to, for me to love, you know, it, it allows me to feel whole. Uh, is there a consciousness that says, hey, uh, you know, for me to, you know, create, um, uh, you know, an invention or make a lot of money or to help people, uh, that means I can feel whole and complete. Uh, is there a consciousness that says, hey, do we have to age like we do? Do we have to get ill or why can't we just be like vibrant? And then whenever we decide to go, uh, you know, we, we, we cross over. Uh, awakened or, you know, healthy. So are those realities possible? There's a lot of people who, with XI who do XI, like Yasmin was saying, you know, the 18 days and so on, that actually are getting into that reality or that consciousness where they're actually aging younger. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're creating wealth, but, you know, when they work hard, because you still have to work hard, you know, to create a, abundance, they just start to define themselves more. They actually become healthier because their goal is again what they're reaching for allows them to identify who they are. Mm, yeah, Moss. One one thing you said before um, on this topic about uh, spherical wealth and just wealth in general is that I think at the end of the day we're all just trying to be more connected to ourselves. Like that's really what the ultimate you know goal in this reality is. And exactly. I think, yeah, and I think all the external pieces feel like. Um, kind of lies or uh, conditioning, you know, to make us believe that by doing X, we will become more connected to ourselves. But I think there's a much easier way <laughs> to become more connected to ourselves, which is to turn inward and to really spend time, um, you know, cultivating that sense of presence. And then everything in the external world shows up differently. But I, I want to talk about, um, first of all, where you learned your philosophy from, because I think it's really fascinating. Um, I shared this with you before we started talking, but I read like hundreds of books. I have met so many people. And when you talk about different emotional states um, and different themes, I, I really clicks for me um, because I know that you're talking about things from a, kind of a different state of consciousness. And I think why people might yes. be so confused is that I think people can only meet you at the level of consciousness that they're at, right? So it, it won't, it literally won't make sense um, to people that are not maybe open enough. Um, I don't know what the right word is, but, and, and I don't, and I think what's interesting is that we don't have 
the right language right now to describe the non-physical world um, and the world of consciousness. So I think we're just, it's limited because we just don't have the language for it. Um, so yeah, so can you tell Absolutely us? Absolutely true. Yeah, sorry. I'm so excited that uh, <laughs> I'm talking so fast, but I um, was wondering if, no you, could, <laughs> if you could uh, tell us a little bit about um, where you learned your philosophy and your, I know you had uh, two near life death experiences. And I think what's also fascinating is that you spent a large portion of your life before these experiences as a computer programmer. So how do all those things right. fit together? Right. So, you know, a lot of people have near death experiences uh, and they don't awaken uh, as much as I did. And the reason why I awakened be because literally I was groomed to have those near-death experiences and expand and grow from them. So when I had the near-death experiences, it catapulted me to higher levels of consciousness or beyond, you know, the limits of space and time. So just to put numbers out, you know, most people live in a consciousness level uh, of, say, zero, again, just for clarity. So when you're groomed, for example, uh, a near-death is a disconnect from, say, this reality. It's a disconnect from from your real identity. You have a time-bound identity. You have a timeless identity. Timeless identity, you might people might label it as a you know as your spirit. I just call it timeless because then we get to move away from those ill definitions of what spirit is. Again, all aspects of what I talk about is just straight out science. It's got nothing to do with spirituality or religion or anything. Although. When you, again, understand the physics of all this, you become a real spiritual being and you actually feel, you know, that spiritual growth. So, um, so gosh, I forgot what I was talking about. Anyway, um, uh, so how did it all come about? So the two near deaths literally allowed me to understand myself outside of this, say, density of space and time. So it allowed me to come into and observe this consciousness or this reality from a spiritual perspective, or again, my timeless perspective. Okay, my first near death, uh, I, I, it was a it was a warehouse accident, a college job. You know, I used to work at a warehouse unloading rail cars, and you know, inside they have these moving you know these walls to keep the products in place. Well, one of the walls was stuck, so I offered to climb up, and you know, teammates were pulling. Uh, the wall from underneath and this half ton wall just like glided along the, you know, the rails. And then, well, I was in the way I was the, I was, my jaw was what stopped it. Uh, and I found myself hanging there, just literally just hanging there. And I was observing all this. Uh, much like you hear the stories, you know, when when patients say die at the operating table and then they come back, right? They 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 look at themselves uh, being operated on, and, and they can tell, you know, the doctors what the doctors are doing, what the doctors are talking about. Same thing here; it's the same exact experience, but I was more observant because I was more awakened, let's say, as I was seeing this experience, and I'm going, wow, it's really sad to see, you know, my body there, and as I. As I looked at the body, I'm going, oh my gosh, you poor soul. You know, you're so limited in what you can do. And then it's like, then it's like, it hit me. It's like, well, what am I doing here if I'm over there? You know, because that separation of identity really hits you home when you're out of it. So, and then it was a brilliant space. I realized that I was dead, but it was, say, the happiest, most grandest time, one of the most grandest times. 
that I've ever experienced because I experienced my limitless self, my spherical abundance. I was not lacking in anything. I didn't have to say trade off something. I didn't have to sacrifice. I didn't have to destroy or control or anything at all to be my, my best possible self. That's what exponential intelligence is all about, by the way. Coming or living from that, say, grand limitless self into this reality. And it does happen, by the way. All we have to do, again, is change consciousness, not what you're doing. So that's the first near death. Uh, it allowed me to see the possibilities of that limitless self or that limitless being that we all have, by the way. If you look deep inside, there's always that, you know, God, if I, if I could, oh, something could happen, I know I could be a grand being, right? Everybody has that, especially for those who've, you know, gone through some tough times. Uh, Yoda would call it, you know, the force within. So, so that was the first near death. Uh, the second one uh, really groomed me, again, or allowed me to understand the mechanics or the science. It was more of a training experience where, you know, I ascended through the levels you know, where, you know, you, your loved ones meet you, life, a life review, which isn't really a life review. Uh, you know, you observe your life at a very educated level, let's say. Uh, and at that level, for example, uh, a life review, I would call it a life relive. That is when, that is when you look at your life from, again, a very different perspective, again, from, from a different consciousness. And you look and you go, oh, wow, that's what happened to me. That's why I did this happen. That's why I did this situation. That's why I got involved in that. It's There's no I should haves or I could haves or anything like that. Nothing like that at all. It's all about, wow, that's a beautiful state to be in. But then I transcended all that. Uh, I went into a state uh, of being where uh, all aspects of, say, physical identity get removed. I call that the beautiful blue space. At that level, uh, you you are out of time completely. You you're not you don't have a physical identity. You have no form. Uh, you are all possible things. You're literally a universe of your own, uh, and you are all things. You have access to all knowledge, uh, all abilities at that level. And what I've managed to do when I came back in it was well live from that consciousness in physical form here. And that's why I have. Uh, some people call it some amazing abilities to transform people's lives. Literally, you know, what something might take like two, three decades as therapy, uh, I can transform nowadays in maybe about one or two 10-minute sessions. So, Wow. Wow. So fascinating. Moss, it reminds me about uh, a little bit of, um, about Anita Morjani's uh uh, she she also had a near life death, death experience, and she wrote about it in this book called "Dying to Be Me." And it really, it, there's a similar kind of um, perspective that happens where there's a detachment from the body, and you see how incredible <laughs> you really are, and and so it's super fascinating. So you were able to um, really stay in that space when when you came back, and I think. I'm super curious about how you are able to do that, especially since it feels like every day there's like so many temptations, for example, to like make money and maybe not, you know, the way that you want it. Um, or I, I don't know, like there's so many choices that I think, especially in a, in a limited consciousness that are so popular and so prevalent. So how do you stay in that space? Like what is, are, is it just like a, is it just, um, oh, 
Yeah, I'm just curious if you can answer that question. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you're thinking about, well, you know, it's so tempting. This world is so tempting. Uh, actually, not really. Uh, the other, the, the the consciousness that I exist in, uh, is very tempting. So you you'd want to stay here more than you know you do at the you know at the consciousness that most people exist in. But that doesn't mean that you do without. And maybe that's where we're getting confused. Uh, Yasmin, is that you don't do without. Basically. Think it. Let's let, let's just let's give you an example. So, if you want to close your eyes or not, it doesn't matter. But just think of yourself as a limitless being. Okay? If you're the sciencey type or intellectual, or if you're the spiritual or religious being, uh, think of yourself as as your spirit, an awakened spirit. Okay. So, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. So, as an awakened spirit, would you have to say sacrifice anything to learn anything? You really wouldn't because, well, you have, you are all that there is, right? So there's no sacrifice. Uh, would you limit yourself uh, or the? how much do you think you'd be worth uh, in physical terms, as far as, you know, gold, Bitcoin, whatever, uh, at a spirit level? How much is your worth or your value? Uh, and I know many of you go, well, shit, I'm priceless. You know, that doesn't even mean anything. Right. Uh, and I and I can, you know, and I can, you know, analyze you, by the way. Uh, uh, but, you know, how much love would you have? And it's not, you know, conditional love or anything like that. But how much love would you have for yourself and others? Would you have to abuse anybody uh, or destroy anybody for your identity? It'd be none of that. So the idea or the consciousness already exists the question is how what's our trajectory to climb up to that level and live it in physical form that's all so and and that's what we do with exponential intelligence it's like well how do we how do we get to that level where all those possibilities exist right and so so when you when you when you're in that complete state you you have money but money comes from a different perspective where in this reality, you're insecure or you're incomplete or uh, whatever it is, you know, you go outside of yourself to have money because that's what most people want, right? They want money for their security. Somebody go, well, I want money so I can be free, so I can do what I want. Again, there's some sort of, say, uh, sacrifice for that, right? You're giving up your time or your life for money. So that's that exchange. You don't have to do that if you're running from a different level of consciousness where you are a person of completeness. So imagine your spirit coming into physical form here. Would you naturally not attract money to yourself? You would because, well, like attracts like. Uh, you'd actually attract love to yourself. Uh, uh, or they have that fantastic relationship. Obviously, you know, being diseased doesn't fit into your abundant state either as a spirit or your limitless self. So those things would disappear. Um, and if you look at me, if you see me, I'm 60 years old. I certainly don't look 60. Most people think I'm like early 40s or maybe late 30s. So again, those things. And, you know, as far as wealth, uh, again, fantastically wealthy uh, and very happy. You know, we've got I've got the best relationships with my kids and, uh, you know, my partner. Really fantastic. So those are that's the spherical wealth that I'm talking about. Uh, and it's it's attainable. Uh, and there's tons of people who have done it. Uh, and, and hopefully that kind of explained. Yasmin, in, in you know, uh, I want you to play like devil's advocate 
because I know some of your listeners would go, ah, that's just hearsay or that can't happen because, you know, I can't find it on Google. You know, I'm going to fact check and so on. It's like it's not available. Well, you know, of course it's not available because it's a new concept. Obviously, you know, you can't fact check anything that new. Right. Great inventors, by the way. And, you know, if Albert Einstein or Tesla, you know, if, if they came in and go, hey, I'm going to design this wireless communication system, uh, you know, people, what are people are going to do? It's like, well. You know, Nicola, you can't do that because, uh, you know, there's no Google says it, it's not there. So you can't create it or, it's, you know, it's like so don't get into that, guys. This is a whole different parameter that's never existed before. Back in the day, uh, you know, the Internet never existed. That doesn't mean that, it, you know, it's not true. We're into that. So, again, we got to get I, I'm just reading actually your readers uh, or your listeners. Uh, sorry, yes, <laughs> and kind of helping them because <laughs> they they get they're very intellectual, uh, and the reason why is because they want to identify themselves and they want to be say the best possible self, but they're too much in their head. You're you're way too much in your head and your knowledge. Uh, I I ask, I ask you simply, not to trust me or anything, but start to understand. This is the, one of the best ways, Yasmin, to really understand who you are. Right? or understand what I just talked about or come into that spherical abundance is that you have to understand how you render yourself in space time. Right? And I know it sounds really weird, but just, just play with me uh, for a second. So I do spatial referencing. This is different than mind, uh, you know, being mindfulness or anything like that. Spatial referencing is basically, you know, like, for example, visual cues. You look at the window and you look at, uh, you think, you look at the window and then you think of your body part. So you spatial reference on, say, how far that window is compared to, you know, your, your chin. Uh, and then you do that kind of like a GPS. It allows you to come into, say, center with yourself. Uh, you can smell like where a scent is coming from and then where your nose is, you know, or, you know, you can say, where's that voice coming from compared to, you know, where you're standing. Again, if you're really aware of how you render yourself in this reality, you'll actually see how you create the environment that you exist in and you get to and you'll go, wow, I'm more deserving than that. And this is where magnificent changes happen. I just do that aspect for you a lot faster, by the way. I love it. Yeah. I mean, for, so I think um, one thing to also mention, yes, listeners um, to this show are very intellectual and very much in their head. Um, but I think people are also very curious about the things that they can't understand and can't read about. And so I hope, and I think that we're moving in that direction where you can't just rely entirely yeah. on your, on your logic and, and your mind. You have to bring your intuition and this other kind of primordial intelligence that I think we have not really uh, championed um, or even accepted in culture, but there's a knowingness and I, you know, another kind of sense. So I know intuitively when I work with you, how I feel before and after. It's very obvious to me, but I also spent a lot of time in my life um, learning about, you know, intuition, tapping into my intuition. What is it, you know, what is my body feeling? And I think a lot of people haven't done that practice. I don't even think that they have words to explain how they're feeling. So no. <laughs> let alone, Not at all. yeah, yeah. It's so, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And I oftentimes ask questions, you know, how are you feeling? And people always tell me what they're thinking. <laughs> um, right, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
yeah, really champion your work. And can you tell us, so you obviously spent a lot of time with a lot of people. You've helped thousands of people. Um, you sit with them. And I think a lot of these spaces are really vulnerable as well, right? Because we're talking about pain points that people maybe um, haven't been able to move through. And so I'm you know, curious if you have seen some themes emerge over the years, like obviously uh, abundance is a big one. Um, what are maybe some other themes and especially maybe for 2021 and like the next couple of years. Cause I do think, um, I, I feel that there's definitely going to be changes when it comes to, um, the redistribution of, of wealth, uh, how we manage our healthcare. Uh, there's so many things that are going to shift and change. And I, and I mean, you know, in my own life, I'm seeing the fallout of a lot of, uh, people's, um, understanding of, of their own kind of reality, right. Whether it's through relationship, whether it's through job, um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm curious, like what, what have you seen as like the biggest areas of pain that people are dealing with? Well, the biggest area of pain, like the core level again, is that, you know, people don't understand or they've lost their identity of who they are. So, so, and then they, they try to claim that identity by something outside of themselves. And in today's uh, environment is, is, is technology. They're always into some technology or the internet, you know, dictates, especially social media. Uh, and then eventually, you know, artificial intelligence dictates basically what the humans, you know, be, become again, lost souls. Uh, and that's my definition of AI, by the way, it's literally AI is a, just a def definition of, or a reflection of what we become lost souls, very intelligent, but again, lost. Uh, and, and so as the world, and it's not the end of the world, but as the world transitions, we're, we're too far off center, right? And with nature and everything else, you know, we're going to balance ourselves back. So I, I see in the next few, uh, and it's starting, and I predicted this a while back, uh, you know, in the next few months, uh, a lot of, you know, the, the look or the landscape of finances are going to be radically changing. Again, the game of money is changing to a very different point of view. And that game is that uh, in the near future, you know, money is not going to be a facade of who you are. It doesn't, it means in today's world, you know, money is like, look, I have a ton of money. I, you should respect me or I'm smart or, you know, I, I, I own you. Uh, in the near future, money is basically what what will happen is that the more awakened you are, the more abundant you, the, the more abundant you are, the more value that you have to society. So not like what you can you, what you can offer society through your intelligence. That's what's lacking. Uh, did that make sense? Oh, the difference? Yeah. Hopefully? Yeah. For, for sure. To me, it makes, makes a ton of sense. Um, I think for our audience, um, maybe to break it down a little bit more, I think for the last several hundred years, we've relied on maybe intellectual uh, capacity to equal your ability to earn. And I think as we're moving into this new consciousness and new space, really it's those who have maybe greater awareness and a greater connection to themselves who are able to um, not just find a wealthy life, but to attract a wealthy life, sort of like a magnet. Um, totally. Yeah. So that's exactly. the way I understood it. <laughs> well, well, let me let me put it this way. I work with a lot of, you know, high level in, individuals, you know, they make a ton of a lot of money, they, they, a ton of money and they're very successful, but they always come back to me and they feel empty inside. 
So what's that key? What's the problem there? So what I'm saying is, uh, again, what they've defined their self-worth is money, which is, uh, you know, uh, fiat currency. It doesn't really say hold value compared to who you are. So as you switch it around, again, money starts to become a, a reflection on how valuable you are. So you still make the same amount of money, but it's worth more to you. Does that make sense? Because you're seeing your value increase. And then the money accommodates you. You don't. You don't go. And I think some people, again, especially in your in your camp here, uh, they think that you know, if I wanted to be like spiritual awakened and that good person, uh, I would have to give up my value system as far as wealth goes, and you know, go out and hibernate in the desert and live, you know, like in the <laughs> '60s and '70s, you know, be that flower child it's either that or you know love my luxury items you know my bmws and all that stuff and i'm going no 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 that's totally wrong i'm not saying that at all i'm saying is that you you ascend to a higher level your bmws and luxury items and all those things that you need become say a part of you an accessory of you and it looks good on you. The other way is like you're incomplete and you want them to reflect, you know, you want your goods and what you own uh, to reflect who you are. It doesn't work out. And that's where, say, the incongruencies come in wealth and, and relationships and, and anything else as well. So, um, wow. and that's what we're getting into, Yasmin, is that it's the coolest thing is, is that flip is coming about where value Value is changing from an outside perspective into an internal perspective. So companies, and, and I help a ton of companies with this, change that flip around. You know, we're seeing it slightly with, with like excellent customer service. You know, you know, you know, this past year or even more so this year, uh, you know, it's always like, was this good, excellent, you know, was this good customer service? How could we make it better for you? And that the real value is like, it's not about customer service, although that's part of it. The real what what they're looking for, um, it seems like you have a lot of business owners. So what people are actually looking for is your intrinsic value that they can share with you. Does that make sense? Not excellent customer service per se. Although if your intrinsic value is there, you know, you're going to provide excellent customer service and all those things. You're going to provide a quality product and all that. You don't have to say die to have a, a great product. You don't have to die to have excellent customer services just because you are. Right, right. You are that individual that, you know, demands that you create a great product right. uh, and great customer service. So. Yeah, super, super fascinating. And yeah, there are definitely a lot of business owners who listen to the show and I think are interested in becoming more conscious. And I, but it, part of that process also is about maybe um, deconstructing um, or moving out like what isn't serving you. And I've noticed that, you know, I, so I have a, a lot of friends who are, who've been um, doing your work and it's been interesting, like what has fallen apart in some people's lives and then what has come in uh, months later, days later, weeks later as a result, which is a kind of a very different path or maybe even a stronger path uh, with what whatever they were doing um, currently. So it's just been really interesting to see how how fast, um, you know, folks have changed their their philosophy on life, because sometimes when we have an intention, it's it's not coming from uh, a place of high integrity, it might be coming from a less than uh, energy, right? Like, 
So, so oh, absolutely. I can, can I, can I give you an example? Yeah, please go ahead. <laughs> so on, on, on this event, live event that we're doing, it's a free event on 13 ways to heal your love pain. Uh, we're doing, and I analyze people. So, you know, I, I, I with my abilities, I, I, I analyze people. I can read your programming uh, or your blueprint on how you see your life uh, and then help you edit it as well. So I was tapping into her and it's like, you know, you're really afraid uh, and you have this same masculine, you know, identity in you. And that's why, you know, relationships don't work out or especially intimacy and so on. Uh, and then uh, you and then I said, well, you know, as a young child, you know, did you did 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 you see some aggression? And she goes, no, I didn't. But then, you know, as she got comfortable, she goes, well, when I was about, you know, three or four years old, uh, I saw my dad, you know, pull a gun on my mom. Wow. You know, which is, yeah, crazy stuff. I'm, and this is an extreme example. Uh, but, you know, there's other, say, scenarios that are, say, a lighter flavor, but again, it still, say, indents you. So from that moment on, every time she, she sees or experiences a masculine, say, frequency, right? Uh, and it could be a woman running a masculine frequency, uh, but namely a man, she gets really fearful and she gets really protective. Well, it's pretty hard to stay in a relationship if you're always, say, trying to protect yourself. So she would have issues where, you know, she gets abused all the time, if that makes sense to you. So those kind of patterns. So when I analyze you, you know, I get to the core level issue on why, in this case, you know, why she would have so not the best relationships and especially not the, you know, the most fantastic, you know, intimate experience uh, if you're running that pattern. So once that opens up and she would have never thought of it, she actually said, she said you know what, I never, uh, you know, from that moment on, I never thought of it. But, you know, all those experiences that you have just kind of render a layer or a filter that you see life through. And then that intention that people have, you know, to I want a really good relationship. Well, the reason why. You know, a lot of people say want a really good relationship is to so is that that person that they're going to meet is going to try to fix them. And then that person doesn't fix them. And then the relationship goes sour. Again, all this is about, you know, you got to fix yourself first. You're going to connect with that relationship or some people who get, say, bullied uh, or they don't. Uh, you know, they don't gain the attention when they're younger and they go, well, I'll show the world. Uh, and then, you know, they grow up and they become really, really successful, which is really fantastic. But then they still get bullied by the money, you know, and then they want more power and more control and it never satisfies. So it's not what you're doing that might be off or not getting you to what uh, what you need, but it's actually how and why you're doing it uh, that's throwing you off. You want to do it to find yourself internally, not to say escape yourself and create another identity outside of you. So interesting. Yeah. Um, I wanted to must ask you about how, so, you know, given all this, given how I think so many people are suffering, whether it's at a smaller level or a, a larger level, um, what do we what should we spend our time thinking about, um, in the years ahead? I mean, what is, and I also, I mean, this is kind of a non sequitur, but I think it's an important point. I listened to your talk on, um, social media and, and like, what is XI's perspective on social media? I thought it was so fascinating. Yeah. And I, and I wonder if you could, uh, bring up some of the, um, 
you know, central theme of that talk, just kind of a, I know, you know, for folks Mm -hmm. who want to listen to the whole thing, you can check it out, but I just think maybe it'd be important to just introduce it. And cause I think that's also contributing to the mental health crisis, like how we compare ourselves because we're so disconnected from ourselves. So like, what is, why is that being perpetuated and how do we, how do we get out of it? Yeah. So, you know, over technology and, uh, um, well, with technology, what happens is that, um, let's see. Okay. So uh, you, you'll, and it might get a little deep. So let's kind of make it simple. If you look up like technological singularity, that definition of it, I think your readers would actually love it. Uh, that definition of it, that's what's happening. And the reason why that happens is I'll just make a brief out of it. And this is where say social media and, and technology come in is that over time, uh, you know, humans haven't evolved. So, you know, since the beginning of time to 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 uh, to 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 now, humans' evolution again it's kind of like flatlined or maybe a little a little rise. But over time, technology has you know massively it's just skyrocketed. So you have basically a flatline and then just like a you know a line that curves up and just straight up. So that disparity between where human consciousness is and technological consciousness is, that disparity is the reason, the underlying reason why there's so much mental health issues, there's so much suicide tendencies, there's so much depression, there's so much disconnects. Uh, even wealth doesn't say provide anymore uh, or sec- any types of security won't provide anymore. And again, the reason why is the, the main reason is, is that, say, disparate uh, points uh, or that disconnect between where human consciousness is and then technological consciousness. So bringing it down here, when when we don't know the underlying reason, just like I gave you that example of that woman, uh, you know, she never thought that that was the issue. But then you could literally see her change within a matter of minutes. She felt like more of herself and more safe. So in this social media uh, scenario, is that people don't know the underlying reason or the underlying infrastructure on why stuff happens. So so the latest thing is social media. And then they'll look at social media and it's like, well, aha, social media is the cause. But, you know, before social media, you know, there was a lot of suicides and so on. And then it, when there wasn't technology, there was something else that was the cause, like too much partying or too much of this or too much of that. So people always associate, say, disparate things to, say, come to an assumption on why things happen. And then this is where, well, you know, uh, and even Elon Musk goes, well, you know, I'm going to buy Facebook and then delete it. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> that's not going to help because because there's another techno- te- te- technology that's going to come by, you know, and, and then replace it. And then we're still messed up. Again, th- my point is that it's not the technology that destroys you. It's it's that disparity. So what you want to do is, again, elevate yourself to a higher level of consciousness so you're closer to the technological advances. And then that way, technology actually, say, helps you. Uh, there's a lot of good things on, you know, Instagram and Facebook that you can learn. I mean, I used to do um, uh, and, uh, and 
until they changed their privacy laws. Uh, I used to be on Instagram uh, and I'd see all the science channels and you know how they make stuff and all that. It was fascinating. It was it was a great learning experience. I actually found myself. But a lot of people, since they're insecure, they they're what are they going to do? They're going to compare themselves with you know the entertainers that you know their life could be say horrendous, but they just have that one you know ten second video on how great their life can be. It's like shit. You know, uh, and then that the, you know, and then they compare themselves. So you don't want to do that, and that's that's the you know that's that's why social media gets corrupt. It doesn't mean that you know you shut down social media. And just to just to finish off my rant here, while I'm on a rant, Yasmin, if you don't mind, <laughs> I love it. Is <laughs> is you know, is people always look for the outside cause and then try to shut it down by creating rules, uh, you know, by creating, uh, I don't know, guidelines by, you know, having the FDA step in and all those things. Right. And, and then all those things go corrupt. Uh, if you've noticed all those things go corrupt. The reason why is that those aren't the reasons why people are insecure or incomplete. Uh, people have to learn to say, uh, really understand who they are and, you know, create the best possible scenario. But in this reality, and parents do this all the time as well, they don't want their kids to get hurt. You know, so what do they do? They suffocate the hell out of their kids. And then the kids grow up stupid, you know, because they've never experienced reality before. Yeah. Right. And that's all these laws here today. You know, you can't do this. You, you know, you have these stupid, you know, signs that go, you, you know, like stop for pedestrians. That should just be a natural instinct for people to, you know, if you're driving, you would stop for somebody on the road. But in today's society, and you can see how, say, awakened uh, society is by the signs or the rules that they abide by. And if you've noticed, they've got dumber and dumber signs and rules <laughs> that dictate this consciousness. That's what I'm talking about, Yasmin. Consciousness goes down, technological consciousness goes up because, again, it's very different realities. And then that's where you get that singularity event where, again, we get dumbed down and then you get human form coming through like AI. And this is what Elon was talking about. Uh, and, and Stephen Hawkins, by the way, they were talking about AI taking over humans. That's the reason why. Obviously, it might not work because it implodes. Uh, but but this is the re this is this is why that happens. What I'm saying is like, no, we have to elevate ourselves to the same level of, say, that technology. And then that's where technology like enhances us rather than destroys us. Yeah, beautiful. I think that's such an uh, important point as new developments in tech continue to kind of accelerate and I mean, there's all this talk about exponential technology, right? So we're, we're probably going to see advancements um, in the next five to 10 years that we haven't seen in the last 100, although that's my hypothesis. So we'll see. Um, totally. <laughs> amazing. Well, I think uh, people should definitely check out the 18 days and you've got a lot of other offerings. You've got the podcast, you've got um, Sunday drop-ins uh, on YouTube. So you can uh, check out Mas Sajadi. What um, Mas is, your kind of main takeaway? What do you want to tell our audience about their health, their wellness, their well-being? Like if you could just, you know, give them kind of one last piece of advice, um, what would it be? Well, specifically for your audience, uh, as I uh, tap into them, is that, you know, you'll never find security or, or that completeness that you're looking for, or, you know, that internal well-being outside of yourself. So start to look inside uh, and not not by your emotions or anything, but just observe yourself. 
And what that means is like if you're, you know, if you're texting somebody, observe yourself holding the phone while you're texting. So whatever that you're doing, understand or note your body. If you're walking, notice how you're walking, feel your feet. Uh, and again, that's all spatial referencing. And as you do, you'll actually feel more complete than ever before. And that's really a good start for you. So amazing. Okay, great. So Moss, are there any other resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about you? Um, anything besides YouTube? Yeah, if you, on YouTube, if you just search Masajati, Masajati dot com, really fantastic. We do a lot of free stuff on on YouTube. You know, Moss on Sundays, uh, that's free. It's uh, I believe it's ten thirty a.m., so it's two hours I think earlier where you are. Uh, so so that's there. It's free. You get to see. Uh, the deeper understandings on why or how life works, and then also say change them. And then also you get to observe my abilities that we all have on analyzing people because I analyze people live uh, on uh, on that show. And you can see, again, the underlying reason why somebody's life is the way it is. And obviously it helps you uh, just by observing. Mm, amazing. Yeah. So that's uh 1030 central time. So for folks who are in other parts of the world, um, you know, check the timing. And then I think that you also upload them right afterwards so they can check it out yes. pretty much anytime after. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Great. Okay. Well, Moss, thank you so much for your time. I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours. I, I think that you're just <laughs> wealth of information. Um, thank you. And for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about the science behind spherical abundance with exponential intelligence, XI. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one -on -one conversations with leading experts in wellness and spirituality. Thanks again.